We have a second reading today, and the reading comes from a book called The Body and the Book, Writing from a Mennonite Life, Essays and Poems by Julia Kastorf. What is an angel but a stranger who is an agent of transformation? According to tradition, Jacob became a great leader called Israel because his wrestling partner that night was an angel. But could it not also be true that the stranger became an angel because Jacob allowed himself to be touched and transformed, even crippled and renamed through encounter? Perhaps this story, like my father's story, means that we possess a sacred power to make angels out of strangers when we are open to change. This can only happen when we leave the security of the hearth and go out to greet the stranger, when we sit with him or her or them and imagine their lives, when we are able to question our certainties and to be taught and changed through the encounter. Let us pray. God of love, in every day we encounter strangers in our lives. We ask you to bless them, and we notice when you appear strangely with us in unexpected ways, embodied in the lives we meet each day. Bless all our encounters, and may we be transformed into a true image of God in the process. Amen. So my scripture, my message today is Irrepressible Angels. And I just want to lift up Becky because Becky is the inspiration for this message. During our Advent and Christmas uh, planning retreat, uh, there, Becky lit up when she shared the story of the angels coming to the shepherds. And as we anticipate Christmas, we're anticipating that night when the angels appear in the sky and sing gloriously. And how they go out and greet the strangers, the shepherds. And the shepherds have this strange encounter too. And then they all find their way to Bethlehem, to a manger. And the irrepressible joy that led this group of shepherds to go out in search of a family somewhere. Complete strangers to celebrate a birth. And I love, uh, so for me... Uh, so Becky's spirit has a little bit of an irrepressible angelic flavor, too, so I thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, there, I love that mischievous twinkle. And we're going to see more of it next week when we do some drama. It's going to be wonderful. But that irrepressible joy is the theme for today. The, today is the Sunday of joy in Advent. And I wanted to begin a little bit by unpacking the first reading that we did. The story of angel. Some of you may be familiar with that story in the Old Testament where Joseph, who is, it's in Genesis, where he is trying to reconcile or considering reconciliation with his brother Esau. And he's out sort of by himself and he encounters a stranger and wrestles the stranger. And because of that encounter, he is renamed, renamed Israel. So here we are, how Israel got its name. And Israel becomes, it, its meaning actually means contends with God. And so Joseph is transformed because of contending with God that night. 
and become, is named for the nation that sort of is, gave birth from, from his ancestors, from Abraham, from Joseph, and the tribes of Israel. And this little book that I quoted from, it's a beautiful book uh, written by the daughter of a Mennonite family. And she tells this story in the book about how when her, her father was young, a century ago, he was about six or seven, and hobos would come on the trains to visit his family's farm, a Mennonite farm on the East Coast. And this little boy remembers one night when the hobo came and showed up, and his mom prepared this huge plate of food and gave it to the gentleman who took it out to the porch because they were assured of hospitality and food, but not quite all the way into the hearth. So they went to the porch, and the, the little boy followed him out and sat with him and asked him some questions. And the story unfolds that because of that encounter, Julia speaks about her interpretation of the story that her father used to tell and how that was the moment when her father started to become a stranger to himself and a stranger to his community because that encounter transformed him and it gave him imaginings beyond his particular community and eventually in, in adulthood led him out into the wider world to explore that world instead of remaining within the tradition in which he was raised. But that brought transformation. It led him on a path that was unexpected. But the father would share that that was when that began. He was transformed. Transformed by an angel in the form of a hobo. Encouraged to say yes to life, to all of life in all its complexity and embarked on an adventure. There are three stories I want to share. One is that one about Julia and her dad and the transformation with the hobo. And the second one might be a little unexpected, because I have to admit that I'm not a big sports person. But because the, my significant other loves sports, I hear about it from time to time. And being a baseball fan... I learned on Monday that a baseball hero, a college hero, died on Monday. Pete Freites. Did I pronounce that correctly? Freitas. Freitas. Thank you, Freitas. So I had not known anything about Pete, but I read a beautiful story about him in the Boston Globe and the New York Times and a couple of other places. And I learned that he, uh, as a young man, he was 34 when he died on Monday. But he uh, was a Boston Star um, baseball player, college baseball player. And when he was 26, he was diagnosed with ALS, which we know is a degenerative disease that eventually leaves you completely paralyzed. And Pete was one of those people who people thought had everything. He had, we was handsome and was able to you know, hit some amazing home runs and was on the baseball team, had a great family and a great network, and suddenly he was hit with this devastating disease at a young age. But he didn't give up. A year later, he married his college sweetheart, uh, also named Julia, I believe. I'll double-check my notes on that. And then a year after that, they, were, they had a baby girl called Lucy, 
And already two years later, this was 2014, um, after he'd married and had his baby, uh, he was already wheelchair-bound at that point. And then uh, life continued to unfold. He uh, started, are you familiar with the, the ice bucket challenge. See, I didn't know this was a real treat for me to go look at the, the videos of Oprah and, and all these famous people getting dumped with an ice bucket to raise money for ALS. And because he participated in it, uh, he didn't invent it, but he picked up on a friend's Facebook page and made his own video. And it was, you know, because ice buckets and ALS don't really go well together. He was bopping his head in his wheelchair to, a, to an ice song. And he, and because of his involvement, uh, almost, a, uh, almost, I believe at this point, half a billion dollars have been raised, and they were able to identify a gene that contributes to ALS, and so they're working on, on, on what we pray for a cure. But what an amazing gift! And then I loved this. I love to send. Talk about irrepressible angel, this guy. So, he, so they, they, the media. Uh, reported Pete as dead in 2017. And Pete's response was awesome. Uh, He said, hours after false rumors of his death made their way onto social media in 2017, he released a video on Twitter. The clip featured him moving his eyes and eyebrows to the tune of the Pearl Jam song, Alive, (laughs) which includes the lyrics, I, oh, I'm still alive. And isn't that beautiful? Uh, 2017, he really could. He was all he could move at that time were his eyes, and that's what he could express. But what a great sense of humor! And his family, they they said of him in their uh, statement after he passed, they said, "Remarkably, Pete never complained about his illness. Instead, he saw it as an opportunity to give hope to other patients and their families." In his lifetime, he was determined to change the trajectory of a disease that had no treatment or cure. And so even as that unfolded, he was changing the world and changing people's lives. What a compelling story. What an irrepressible angel, right? And sort of in the flesh, incarnate. And so perfect for the season of joy and restoration when, even in the midst of sorrow, there is the promise that joy is possible for us. And then there's the story of today, where all we read was the Magnificat, that beautiful song that Mary sings after Gabriel comes and tells her that she's going to be the mother of God. And poor Mary, as a young, probably teenage woman, receiving that knowledge... And then sings this powerful song of transformation of the lowly being lifted up and being fed. And that all people will find a place of belonging because of the child she carries in her womb. And I love this story, the story of God becoming incarnate. Because I truly experience God in all people. We each carry that spark of divine. We are each, a, you know, a spark of divinity where we encounter God in each other and encounter transformation in each other, transformation in the stranger. And what a powerful message that is 
I often, this season, I remember the birth of my own son. And I bring it up because after my father died when I was 14, until I was 14, I used to feel like I could feel God all the time. That God was there, there was this presence, and I saw God in people and in nature and in sunrises, and God was everywhere. And then after my dad died, I couldn't access that feeling, and I mourned as much for my dad as I did for that feeling somehow vanishing. And I I have no explanation for this, but not until the moment when my little boy, Finn, who will be here with us on Christmas Eve, was laid on my shoulder like for three seconds because he had a double-wrapped cord and was blue, so I had to whisk him away for resuscitation. But so, they, they, you know, they lifted him up. They, he went like this. I looked at him, and I was like, oh, he's beautiful. And then he whisked him away. And it was as if the presence of God poured back into my life. I have no idea why. But people talk about the miracle of birth, and I... I, I, of course, I believed it, right? I'd witnessed, I'd cried over babies, sure. But there is something so profound in that. And so now it no longer surprises me when shepherds hear from angel choirs and say, hey, go find the baby. You got to go, you know, sing with us. Bring joy. This is a stranger to you, but it's a new life, and it is God with us. And so what a profound season when we think of encounter, when we think of the strangeness of encountering God in each other, those who we know and love, and those who are complete strangers to us, and the opportunities for a transformation that that could bring. And I don't know Pete. Like, Pete is, a, you know, the young baseball I wasn't even following him, right? I'm, I'm not a fan. So I, I, the emotional impact of that, I don't feel to the same degree as my significant other does, necessarily, but I can appreciate it. And I can appreciate how much my own life was transformed just by reading the story and thinking about what it means to say yes to life, like Mary the teenage mom saying, yes, I will be the mother of God, and bringing in not only the joy of that, the joy of healing and restoration, but also the sorrow that she might anticipate, maybe she has inklings of, but hasn't yet experienced. And then in Pete's beautiful story where he says, I can't do anything about this, but I'm going to say yes to it, and how can I create joy and restoration in this process? And says yes to the disease, but says yes to love. Says yes to being a parent in that limited time. Says yes to utter vulnerability and helplessness and dependency on other people. Says yes to God's, I hesitate to use the words will, but God's unfolding in all his life. And then transforms us through that wonderful witness of irrepressible joy, of eyes dancing to music. And so may we, during this Advent season, in every encounter, whether it's at Trader Joe's getting my last-minute chocolate truffles, because you know Christmas isn't Christmas without chocolate truffles, But whatever, whatever those moments are, may we be present in this time of awaiting for God to arrive. And at the same time, the already and the not yet, the already 
or the not yet that we're waiting for that Christmas night and Jesus' arrival, and the already, the already that says that God is with us right here and right now and with each other and to be open to those opportunities for, for transformation and the yes to life in the right here and the right now. And just to wrap up, I want to offer that in our anthem today, you will notice a song that might be familiar to a few of you. Hail Holy Queen, inspired by the Sister Act and Whoopi Goldberg, because we remember Whoopi's transformation of the convent where she got all the nuns to rock out. So in the spirit of the festive season, we are going to rock out for our anthem. And so may we lift up Mary in our Hail Holy Queen and irrepressible joy, but lift up all the ways in which we are able to touch others and be touched in turn and be transformed by God's incarnation this season. Amen.